Go ahead, Kelly. That's way too high. I'm only like five two. All right. If I can see. Psalm 136. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lights, for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day, for his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule over the night, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, for his steadfast love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, for his steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his steadfast love endures forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his steadfast love endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his steadfast love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, for his steadfast love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his steadfast love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, for his steadfast love endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage, for his steadfast love endures forever. A heritage to Israel his servant, for his steadfast love endures forever. It is he who remembered us in our low estate, for his steadfast love endures forever. And rescued us from our foes, for his steadfast love endures forever. He who gave food to all flesh, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven, for his steadfast love endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. You pray with me? Dear Lord, uh, come before you, knowing that every passage, every section, every chapter of Scripture is put there with a purpose. To teach us, to reveal more about you to us, to show us your glories. Lord, I pray that you would bring to light this Scripture this morning. Lord, that you would prepare our hearts, uh, prepare our minds to receive what you have to tell us from Psalm 136, Lord. Lord, we need to hear the truth of who you are over and over and over again, Lord. 
So we praise your name that you have put this scripture here for us this morning. And we pray that the words that come from my mouth would be your words for these people on this time, Lord, and that uh, this truth that's repeated here over and over again, Lord, would be repeated over and over again in our hearts throughout this week and forevermore. We pray this in your son's holy name. Amen. So I picked this psalm because I saw it and I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. It repeats over and over again. And I sometimes have trouble pulling out, like, what is, what is really this piece of scripture trying to teach us? And I thought, well, this one's pretty obvious, right? So did you catch it? Did you catch something repeating here? His, for his steadfast love endures forever. 26 times. Every verse ends with the same words. For his steadfast love endures forever. Have you ever read a book or maybe been in a lecture where the same point just keeps getting hammered over and over and over again and you're like, okay, I got it. Like, you know, can we move on? I was, uh, I was helping one of my kids um, with their uh, math sheets, their homework, and, you know, it was like uh, how to add to 10. And so it's 10 plus 0, 0 plus 10, 9 plus 1, 1 plus 9. Every combination of two numbers that will get you to 10 over and over again. You get to the end, do it again. 10 plus 0, 0 plus 10. We do those in school. We do that in math. My kids do that in math to drill it in so that as soon as they see that combination of numbers, they know, oh, 10, right? So that they have it in their head. They already know the answer as soon as they encounter the problem. I look at those math sheets, and I've mastered it, right? I can look at 10 plus 0, that's 10. 9 plus 1, 7 plus 3, 6 plus 4. I know all the combinations, backwards and forwards. I know how to add to 10 with two numbers. Yay me. <laughs> Psalm 136 is apparently here to drill in a really important fact. God is good for his steadfast love endures forever. A fact that is true every single moment throughout all of history. No matter what the circumstance, no matter who you are, where you are, when you are, it is true that God is good for his steadfast love endures forever. And yet, ironically, God knows that we will never master this fact. We will never not need to be reminded. We will never not need to run that drill. God spends a lot, a lot of time in both the Old and New Testament trying to convince us of his steadfast love. He's determined that we know that he loves us. And he knows, because he knows us, he knows that we are going to forget. Do you ever struggle to believe that God is good all the time, no matter what the situation is? Do you ever struggle to believe that his love is unchanging, 
That the love that we see in the Old Testament, and that's in the stories that we read as we go through Genesis and we see his love. We talked about Hagar last week and how God came and loved Hagar. Someone who is unlovable in that society's view. He loved her. Do you ever struggle to see that that is true? That same love is true today as it was when God visited Hagar? Do you struggle when you don't see God working the way that you think he should be working? Even though you've seen him work before, you don't see him working now the way you think he should? Does that cause you to struggle? For doubt to creep in? I have good news. God is not surprised by your doubt. He's not surprised that you forget. Not only is he not surprised, he's prepared. God knows that we doubt. He knows we need to be reminded. And so, we get Psalm 136. 26 times he tells us, Have no doubt, for my steadfast love endures forever. So what are we doing here? What's the point of having this psalm? It's to remind us for sure. But I think in reminding us, God wants to build an argument, a case, that when you sing this song, you clearly lay out the case that God's steadfast love is the root of all of his actions for all of redemptive history, and because of that, we should give thanks. So let me say that again. He lays out a case that God's steadfast, enduring love is the root of all of his actions throughout all of redemptive history, and for that, we should give thanks. So I struggled a little bit with how to structure things, and I, I came down to structuring it around the five W questions. Who, what, when, where, and finally, and most importantly, in this case, why? So I want to take us through this chapter, look at it from a couple of different angles, and answer those questions as we consider why God keeps reminding us that his steadfast love endures forever. So let's start with who. I think this chapter wants to make really clear that when it talks about his steadfast love, we know who the his is. We want it, he, it wants to make sure that we are not confused about whose steadfast love endures forever. So look at something with me. Verse 1. His steadfast love endures forever. Period. End of sentence. Complete thought. Complete statement. Verse 2. Give thanks to the God of gods for his steadfast love endures forever. Period. Complete statement. End of sentence. Verse 3. For his steadfast love endures forever. Semicolon. Verse 4. Steadfast love endures forever. Semicolon. Semicolon, 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 semicolon. Until you get to verse 22. So I think verse 3 through 22 are one thought, one statement. They're connected together in our English translation with semicolons and commas, but they're also connected together with the two hymns and the withs and, and the ands, right? So it's just one continuous sentence. I think that this is here 
to clearly identify what God we're talking about. Verse 2 begins with the God of gods. But in case you weren't sure who that is, verses, I'm sorry, verse 3 starts with God of gods. But in case you weren't sure who that is, verse, sorry, I'm messing up. Verse 2 starts with God of gods. Verse 3 says Lord of lords. In case you weren't sure who that is, it then goes on to describe all of the different attributes, all of the different actions that that God has done throughout time. So which God are we talking about? Whose love endures forever? You know that God, the God who created the sun, set the moon and stars in the sky. That's the God we're talking about. The God who defeated Pharaoh and rescued his people. The God who led his people through the wilderness and defeated powerful kingdoms to deliver the land he had promised. That's the God we're talking about. Wants to make, this chapter wants to make sure we're all on the same page about the God we're talking about so there's no confusion. And I think that's it's really kind of God's word here because I think we often get confused. You ever look at something other than God as having steadfast, enduring qualities? Something that'll provide value or worth, make you feel loved? I think this chapter wants to be really, really clear. The only thing that endures, the only thing whose steadfast love endures forever, the only thing that will last and fulfill this description is our God. Verse 4 says, To him alone who does great wonders. Alone. He is the only one. So who? God. The God of the creation story, the God that rescues the Israelites from Egypt, the God who delivers the Israelites into the promised land. That's the God we're talking about. Everybody's on the same page, right? Okay, so we've identified who, and I think it also identifies some what. We know who the God is. What does this God do? He creates, and then he cares for and maintains his creation. He's constantly involved. He's active in his creation. Look at the words that we see here. The description of what God is doing throughout all of these different events. In creation, verse 4, he does great wonders. Verse 5, by understanding made heaven. By understanding made heaven? That's wild. That's wild. Effortlessly made heaven, the most glorious place in all of creation. Crazy. Verse 6, spread out the earth. Verses 7, 8, and 9, made the great lights to rule the day and rule the night. You know, the sun, all the stars. Just simple. In history, verse 10, he struck down. Verse 11, he brought out. Verse 12, with a strong hand and outstretched arm, a muscular arm flexing. Verse 13, Divided the Red Sea, 14, made Israel pass, 15, overthrew Pharaoh, 16, led his people, 17, 18, 19, and 20, struck down and killed great kings, and 21 and 22, gave the Israelites the land as their heritage. This is not a God who is removed or passive, aloof or disconnected. He's engaged, he's involved, he's active in his creation and throughout all of history. He loves his creation. 
His actions demonstrate his steadfast love throughout all of time. So we have a God who acts. When and where does he act? All right, this one's pretty simple, right? We said forever how many times? (laughs) He acts forever in all time. And where does he act? All across all of creation, up to and including heaven, everywhere. So everywhere at all times. So we've got our who, we've got our what, we've got our when, we've got our where. And now I think we come to the most important question, which is why. Why does God act everywhere at all times? Why does God act in creation and history? And I think this is the most important question because it's answered by the most obvious trait, which is the repetition. Every time you read that, for his steadfast love endures forever. It's repetitive, but it's also not repetitive because it's referring to that verse before. The four connects what is said after the four to what is said before the four. So in verse 2, why is God of God's why is the God of God's worthy of thanks? Because his steadfast love endures forever. In this case, we give thanks that the supreme and most powerful being is in fact reliably merciful and loving to us at all times. His status as the only God capital G of God's lowercase g is not necessarily a reason to give thanks. It's a reason to tremble in fear unless his steadfast love endures forever. You can take this same analysis to all 26 verses. I'll just do two more. Verse 8, why did God set the sun to rule over the day? Because his steadfast love endures forever. What does that mean here? What is that same phrase repeated 26 times? What does it mean in verse 8? In his love and kindness, he provided the sun to give us warmth and light to power the entirety of the ecosystem, the seasons, all the life across our planet. The solar system in its entirety is arranged the way it is because of God's loving kindness towards us. That's wild. So so that verse repeats, but it's different every time at the same time. Verse 16, why did God lead his people through the wilderness? Because his steadfast love endures forever. He led his people, whom he loved, to safety. His people, whom he remembered, whom he had rescued, whom he, had delivered to the prom- whom he would deliver to the promised land. He protects and leads them because he loves them. His love has not changed due to time or due to their disobedience or due to their circumstances. His steadfast love endures forever. A verse is repeated 26 times so that we would see the magnificence of God's love for us and that we could confidently sing that same phrase at every point in our life because we know that it's true that his steadfast love endures forever. It doesn't change 
This is meant to hammer it home, just like those math worksheets. Hammer it home so that when we ask the question, why, we already know the answer. But why is the why so important? I meant to say that. Why is the why so important? Because it's so different than us. Our steadfast love does not endure forever. Our love isn't even steadfast. We change. Our love changes. We see something new. We love that. We forget about things old that we might have loved. We don't even know everything that it is that is possible to love. It doesn't make sense to us that a God as big, as sovereign, as infinitely as described here and in the rest of the Bible would love us in an unchangeable way. So different than us. It's important because this answer of why defines everything about how God relates to us. The answer to the question, why does God do what he does, has nothing to do with you. And yet it has everything to do with you because he loves you. If you don't see his love as unchanging, as enduring all circumstances, you'll relate to him as though your actions might change the status of your relationship, how he loves you. His steadfast love that endures forever defines how he relates with all creation in all circumstances for all time, including you. And as we've already said, why is it important? Because we are prone to forget. Remember the Israelites who God was leading into the wilderness? If you know that story in Exodus, they forget quite a bit. Why doesn't God feed us meat? Why is it bread all the time? Better that we would have died in Egypt. I think you've forgotten. His steadfast love endures forever. Why is Moses taking so long up on the hill? God must have forgotten about us. What about Sarai and Abram that we've just been learning about? They had to do a lot of waiting. And I think in the story that we just studied with Hagar, they'd forgotten some. What about you? Do you ever find yourself questioning, has God forgotten me? Does he not care about me? Does he not know what's going on in my life in this situation? Why is he not acting? Why is this happening? I have to get myself cleaned up before God. I can go to God. I have to write, write all of these things that are wrong. You've forgotten. His steadfast love endures forever. It doesn't care. He doesn't care what your circumstances are. He doesn't care what your situation is. And he has never forgotten about you. Not once. The psalmist seems to know this. In verses 23, 24, and 25, the psalm kind of shifts to what seems like a more recent past or maybe even the present. (laughs) 
verse 23, it is he who remembered us in our low estate, for his steadfast love endures forever. Why are we remembered? Why are we seen, known when we are in poor circumstances? Because God's steadfast love endures forever. No matter what circumstance you're in, his love towards you has not changed. His view of you has not changed. Verse 24, why are we rescued from our enemies? Because God's steadfast love endures forever. Whatever challenges you're facing, God is aware of them. And his steadfast love will endure forever for you in those circumstances. Why is provision made for all creation? Because God's steadfast love endures forever. He provides, he cares for he maintains his creation at all times. The unchanging love of God and how he acts because, sorry, the unchanging love of God is the same today as it always has been and always will be. It's unending. It endures. There's nothing you can do to win his love. There's nothing you can do to lose his love. It's unmerited, merciful, gracious love. This psalm, and really the whole Old Testament, the Exodus story that is, that is uh, notated here, they all point to and foreshadow the ultimate act of God's steadfast love that endures forever. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Romans 5.8 But God shows, us, shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus, his birth, life, death, and resurrection he is the embodiment of love. No greater demonstration of how steadfast his love is, how it will endure any challenge and secure those he loves forever exists. No matter what failure or how we, how we fall short, Tyler's exhortation this morning, all fall short. But his love continues. His love endures. When there's no way for us to help ourselves, no way for us to bridge the gap to a holy God, we're lost and without hope. He makes a way because his steadfast love endures forever. And no matter how often we reject him, how often we deny, how often we run away, he pursues because his steadfast love is unwavering. Consider his life. No matter what obstacles were placed in his way, he endured temptation by Satan, betrayal by Judas, denial by Peter, the plot of the Pharisees, the authority of the Roman Empire, brutalized and executed, he endured without sin. Death, separation from the Father, descent into hell, holy wrath poured out on him that was deserved for sinners. He endured and triumphantly resurrected. And he didn't just make it, 
He isn't weakened or just hanging in there. He's unchanged. He's unwavering in his love and in his mercy towards us. He's secured your salvation forever because of his steadfast love that endures forever. God sent his son as the ultimate guarantor of his steadfast love and that whoever believes in him would endure with him forever in heaven. So church, where do we apply this chapter? What do we do with Psalm 136 in our lives? We always want to be doers of the word, just not readers of the word. Do what it says and put it on repeat. Give thanks at all times because at every time, every moment, you can sing this refrain. His steadfast love endures forever. Sing it to yourself and sing it to others. I think this is the model that we're supposed to use on how to encourage one another. In low estates, in celebration, when we're challenged, when we're confused, we recount who God is, what he has done, and declare that no matter what, we can give thanks that his steadfast love endures forever. I think this is also the song that we're going to sing forever in heaven. We read in Revelations that the, the refrain of worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. This is the same song. We're going to sing this song forever. So we're never going to get tired of it. We're never going to not need to know those words. His steadfast love endures forever and ever. That gift of love, the very embodiment of God's steadfast love, is worthy of our honor, our thanks, our glory, and our blessing forever and ever. Let me pray. Dear Lord, I just pray that you would help us to hear these words from Psalm 136. And know that they are just as true today as when they were written. And Lord, help us to know that we need to hear them. We need to repeat them to ourselves. We need to have them repeated to us by others. And we need to repeat them to others at every opportunity. Because we forget, Lord. We forget that your steadfast love endures forever. And that drives every action every part of our relationship with you so lord as we go through our days as we interact with one another as we face circumstances that we don't understand lord that we don't understand where you're working what you're doing why why would you do it this way lord help us to know that your steadfast love endures forever that is true every day at every moment for every person here. 
Lord, we praise your name that you that you love us even though we don't deserve it, Lord. That is amazing beyond belief. And that there is nothing that we can do to distract you or to throw you off that. Lord, that you are unchanging and you are enduring. You are steadfast in ways that we can only barely imagine. So Lord, pray that you would help to make that real to us every day, no matter what the circumstances we face are. Pray this in your son's holy name. Amen.